Hello, everybody. Welcome to the SideQuest Podcast. My name is Luke. And I'm BJ. And, uh, yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, I feel like we say that every episode now. Well, life happens, so, like, we didn't, we, as much as I say, yeah, consistent schedule now. No, every chance was like, oh, someone's sick, or busy, or birthdays, so. Yeah, and this is still very much a hobby for us. We both have full-time jobs, so that makes everything harder. The goal is to get this to be the job so that I can just focus on this. Yeah, hopefully. Because at that point, we could do more instead of just, oh, do this occasionally on the side. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, since it's been a minute, BJ, what have you been up to? What you been playing? Uh, it's funny that you say that because literally last night, uh, I was trying to play through... Um, Ace Attorney <laughs> again. Uh, I've beaten the trilogy a billion times. Apollo Justice is like the best one in my opinion. Um, but the fourth game that focuses on Phoenix Wright, even though you don't play as him for the first like four fucking chapters, is a real slog. Uh, and it kind of tramples on the whole lore of the game. Um, do tell because I, I love it. I love discussing lore. On series that I have no idea what it's about, so I can kind of go, okay, okay, cool. Okay, so the the whole thing with the Ace Attorney trilogy, um, and then Apollo Justice as well, is that you really get to know some of these characters. Um, I guess it's just so they didn't have to like make new assets for every single case. But um, like Gumshoe, who is the detective that Phoenix primarily talks to and deals with, and is it every crime that Phoenix has ever had to try coincidentally. Uh, he's just gone now. Is it an actual coincidence or I, I mean, I guess he's just not in the game anymore and they never bring him up. Um, that's, I'll, I'll get into that, but that's like a, that's very similar to another thing that I did recently, but go on. But, uh, another character is Maya, Maya Faye, the mystic. Um, She's Phoenix's right hand. If you've ever played Professor Layton, she's basically the Luke to his Layton. I was going to say, isn't she, isn't she just main love interest girl or no? Yes. Okay. But also, she's like his sidekick assistant. The the, the Luke to the Yoda, yes. if you will. Yeah. Um, she's gone. Uh, <laughs> so who's left? So they had, in, in Apollo Justice, they actually explained this away super well. Um... Phoenix lost his lawyer's license um, because he basically got framed for some bullshit. Uh, And then Maya had to leave him after the third game to go, you know, take care of her business, um, you know, with her spiritual practice and all this stuff. Uh, That's explained very well. In Apollo Justice, um, you meet Phoenix's adopted daughter. She's left. Um... In Apollo Justice, there's a big plot point about reforming the judicial system. Um, and they try a whole new way of trial. Um, basically trial by jury instead of just a judge having final say on everything. Um, and then the fourth game starts and there's none of that. Uh, <clears throat> Phoenix shows up and he's like, I'm a lawyer again. <laughs> Do, and does it actually like say, hey, this is chronologically this game and you're like okay yeah um and it has to be (laughs) because 
before Apollo Justice, uh, chronologically, is the third game. I can't remember the names. They all get very mixed up in my head. Um, but in that, Phoenix did not have his daughter yet, and he was still, you know, a lawyer. Apollo Justice happens. It starts off. Um, it's a couple of years down the line, um, so there's a bit of a time skip. But then Phoenix has lost his badge. You meet Trucy. Um, Apollo goes through his whole thing and kind of has a mentor in Phoenix. Um, and then the next game just starts, and it's just like, remember all that plot development we came up with that was good? Forget all that. He's a lawyer again, but you don't get to play as him. You got to play as this new girl who has a necklace that can read people's emotions. <laughs> the The judicial system that we worked so hard to change in the last game is gone uh, for no reason. Um, and also there's a character who was Phoenix's old friend who got sent to jail. Um, and there's a mechanic where you can see the locks on people's hearts when they're like hiding or lying about something. And in every game they're always red, but in Apollo justice, uh, this guy, Phoenix's friend, he reads him for the first time and he has a black lock and that never gets explained. <laughs> and that guy doesn't even come back. They set him up to be like the big bad villain of this whole thing. And now he's just gone. Um, so that's cool, I guess. I'm on the third chapter of that. I'm really trying to grind through it. Edgeworth isn't even there, so I don't get his, you know, coolness. Uh, you really would like Judgment. I know. Like, in all honesty, that's... Oh, man, you'd love Judgment. Like, that. this game seems right up your alley, especially because you like action games, too. Mm-hmm. So you'd love the the beat-em-up style of the combat, but then, like, the, oh, I have to be a detective, and I have to be... It's like you're a private investigator. It's like, you'd love that game. Yeah, I, I need to get into that. But the reason that I bring that up is I was actually playing it, and then today um, they announced that the prequel games that have never been localized to America are actually coming out now. Um, Gyakuten Saiban is the name... In Japanese, but here they just call it Ace Attorney Chronicles, I think. Uh, there's two of those games, um, and a lot of people that I've actually talked to that have played them, I don't know a lot of Japanese speakers, but they say that it's a lot darker and more like adult and well-fleshed out than the uh, even the trilogy, so I'm very excited to play those. I'll probably check them out, because I feel like that's going to be perfect for me as like, Hey, I've never played an Ace Attorney game. Here's some random thing that I can try now. I so. think it would be because uh, I think those two games are self-contained and they wrap up after two and it's all in that package. So I think that would be a good place for you to start. Well, anything else or has that kind of been the main thing? It's probably still grinding Fortnite still. Yeah, got right. that uh, Batman Fortnite comic Harley Quinn skin. I'm, I'm going to get it. Because I really want that skin. <laughs> I want to get all those skins just so I can get that that armored Batman thing that they got teased. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I have not played anything new. I've played more Fortnite. I grinded up to Raven. Nice. The not not the first skin, so the second skin. Oh, the yeah. Uh... So I, I went to Teen Titans Raven. Nice. That is what I played to, and then I said, "Screw it, 
I'm probably not going to play much after this, but I still did, so it was a waste of money, realistically. But I just bought the rest of the Battle Pass. Yeah. I haven't used the skin, but that final skin, that, like, cool, like, Valkyrie-looking armor that has that built-in Iron Man-style emote. Mm-hmm. Kind of sick, not going to lie, but I haven't used her. Um, I just stick to Drift. I don't know. I just really, I really like that skin. It's a good skin. It was also the first skin that I, I maxed out. Like, that that's the one skin where I've done every little challenge, everything that I could get my hands on. Because I wanted that final coat with the purple, like, lightning and stuff on it. It's so cool. But, um, I did that. I've mainly been watching a lot of movies. Like, a lot. I rewatched all the X-Men movies, which, uh, The Wolverine, not bad. I told you. Like, honestly, not a bad movie. Yeah, I think last time me and BG hung out, I had told him I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, not a bad movie. He definitely should have stayed in Japan. She was, like, that girl... Solid. They would have been great together. Yep. And he would have found happiness, but no, he's a warrior. <laughs> but whatever. Um, he's a samurai. <laughs> I love. I love that. I love that. That's a thing. Apparently, so it's by Frank Miller, right? The that 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 story, Wolverine. I think. Uh, I think so. I haven't read many it, Wolverine it's, solo stories. It's funny because like I, it was either Frank Miller or somebody but basically whoever they got to write it was like I'm not going to write about this guy who just goes berserk all the time. That's boring. Then someone went well we're, we want to kind of put him in Japan and he went say no more I'm in. And I'm just like man what a weeb. That sounds like Frank Miller. <laughs> yeah. They, they went like no we're going to we're gonna bring him into the, the way of the samurai and he's like yo I'm in. And I'm just like alright cool. Frank Miller's a weeb. Yep. But uh I watched all those. I rewatched the DC movies. Um, I ended up collecting all of the MCU Blu-rays from their original casings. So not the weird Phase One, Phase Two, Phase whatever ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like the the original cover arts for all of them. Nice, which looks way cooler on my shelf. Um, it makes them more like individual. Yeah, instead of like all of them being this weird beige gray color. Mm-hmm. And, and it looked weird too because all of them were like that until you got to Spider-Man or Doctor Strange and then the rest were their sleeves and I'm like eh, it looks weird yeah um I started watching those I didn't finish just cause I got to I got to Dark World just didn't wanna go <laughs> um and then uh to bring it back to a point I made earlier I watched all of the Transformers movies the original animated movie all the way to Bumblebee nice that's one word. <laughs> I mean, I we both love shitty movies. Yes, yeah, absolutely. As, and, as someone who unironically just enjoys the Mario Brothers movie because of how dumb it is. <laughs> yeah, I love garbage movies. Yeah, but those are some of the garbagest and Dude, sweetest. I have never laughed so hard until I watched Age of Extinction and hearing Mark Wahlberg utter the words... I think I found a Transformer. <laughs> Made me die. I was dying. So, cause especially because the entire time I'm watching that movie, my brain went, oh, this is just the adventures of Marky Mark and his funky bunch. <laughs> so, The Last Night is objectively bad, though. Like, that one's just bad. Yeah. Like, I, there's no, re- like, oh, it's so bad, it's good. Like, Age of Extinction is so bad, it's good. Last Night is just bad. Like, I, there's no fun, like... Mm. Anthony Hopkins is in the movie, but, like, you're like, why? Mm-hmm. Sure. And I'm just like, this is dumb. Like, this is really where they just, we have no idea what we're doing. My favorite scene 
of that whole like series is the one where uh, Shia LaBeouf is getting into his piece of shit car with his fancy ass girlfriend, and then uh, he's talking about how jealous he is with that other guy, and then he pops the hood and just starts kicking his car. That's gold. I but to bring it back when you said like oh characters who just appear and and are just forgotten about mm-hmm. Megan Fox's character after yeah. the arc she had in the second movie is now gone. Like, I'll never leave you, I'll never leave you. Well, she left. Poof. <laughs> and now we get arguably very attractive British girl. But what was her reasoning for being in that movie? Just so we could have someone call Megatron a, what, a bitch? We need more hot. <laughs> well, like, the first time you see her is a just gratuitous ass shot. Yeah. And then she just straddles old, uh, old boof. <laughs> and, uh... I'm just like, man, like, there, there's something so funny about that when you're sitting there thinking, okay, I get it. He saved the world twice now. No girl that hot's going to go with Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> especially early 2000s Shia LaBeouf. I think that's just some Michael Bay wish fulfillment. Probably. <laughs> uh, speaking of Michael Bay, did you see uh, Six Underground? No. That is actually fun. Like that's that's what I like. That and Bad Boys are what I want Michael Bay to do. Like just stupid fun action movies. It doesn't need a coherent plot. Just you, the, you know what you're getting into is just action. And Six Underground is a Netflix thing he did, and he just got big budget and Ryan Reynolds was in it. Nice. I was like, cool. And I watched it. And I'm like, that's what I expected. It was Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds and Michael Bay being Michael Bay. So I that was, does sound really interesting. It was very fun. I enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, no, the Transformers movies are bad, but they're like a good bad, except last night. And Bumblebee's actually good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed Bumblebee on Ironically. I'm so glad they, they, after the positive reception, they just straight up said, yeah, this is a reboot. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, yo, John Cena's a solid actor, and I hate that that's a thing. Yeah, I mean... Like, like, he's now a villain in Fast 9. He's in Bumblebee. He was in, what was it, like, the the Cockblockers movie or whatever that mm-hmm. apparently was, people really liked his performance in. We just need a um, a movie that's like The Expendables but isn't The Expendables. Of just wrestlers who turn to acting? John Cena, The Rock, Dave Bautista. <laughs> I, dude... Me and my friend Jonathan have talked about this, but if they ever make a live-action Gears, if Dave Bautista is not Marcus Phoenix, I will riot. That would be amazing casting. He's perfect casting for that. Uh, speaking of casting, this will be the last we get on this, but did you see Mads Mikkelsen has taken Johnny Depp's place in Fantastic Beasts? Really? Yeah, because the whole you know Depp and Johnny Depp and Amber Heard situation. Warner Brothers is kind of... Dis- they're dissing, dissing themselves from him, not her, even though she's still a garbage human being. But uh, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is gonna take over, and I and I saw that and I went, well, that works. And let bad. me tell you why. <laughs> I am like I'm horrified of Mads Mikkelsen as a person, not because of like the Hannibal Lecter stuff, not because of like any of the movies he's been and how he acts, but like he's just a scary motherfucker. You played Death Stranding, right? All the no. way. Dude, his character Cliff is great in Death Stranding. Like, I actually really loved that character. And I'm... Like, he did such a great job. And you, you can tell, like, I love hearing him talk, like, about his roles he's been in. And, like, he's one of those actors where 
on screen and off screen can be two totally different things. Like, mm-hmm. and that's case in point with Hannibal, him being so just evil and just like such a psychopath, and then dude's just a super sweet, nice guy in real life, and you're like, oh, that's, oh, that's weird. I don't, I don't trust it. Fair enough. I think <laughs> if I ever met him in real life, You'd die. He would hear this through the ether and just be like, "Oh, you want to die?" Nice, nice accent. Thanks. Um, oh man, we haven't podcasted in a while. I forgot to turn the clock on. <laughs> um, all right, cool. There's a picture I have to show you, by the way, about Mads Mikkelsen that I think you'll enjoy. Did you ever see that Netflix movie he was in where he was like an ex-spy? No, I don't because think so. he basically is just like completely emotionless through that entire movie with all this crazy shit happening around him. There's this one point where this girl's like riding him and he's just laying in the bed stone faced looking up at the ceiling and then he like runs through the snow naked and shoots a dude in the head like three miles away. It's insane and you have to see it. I feel like I gotta see this now. This sounds really interesting. I think Vanessa Hudgens is the love interest in that movie. I was gonna say she was the one who wrote him. No. Oh. <laughs> but well, now, uh, now I don't want to see it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'll, I'll probably check it out. I, I actually think Mads is a great actor. Does he definitely phenomenal. is. Yeah, he does phenomenal with whatever he's in. You're even, gr- even in weird indie things like that. He's a great actor, but please stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> That's me with... Uh... Oh, what's his name? It's the, the creepy dude uh, who's playing Polka Dot Man in Suicide Squad and... Uh, he was in the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, was he? Sca- no, he wasn't Scarecrow. That was Tillian Murphy. That dude's creepy too. He he is, but less so. No, the the, the guy you saw the Suicide Squad trailer, right? Yes. Pokemon Man, that actor, because he's always so like like just a rat. Let and me like, look at. There's so many people in that movie. There really is. No, yeah, it's Pokemon Man's actor. That guy just I don't know what it, he was in Ant Man too. It was the the Russian dude in Ant Man. The the it was that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he legit creepy. scares me because every time I see him in a movie, except Ant Man, he's been this kind of just creepy, depressing or gross character. Like he's... in Batman, he was the guy who was like, <laughs> like he's just whimpering at Batman, but like smiling creepily. And he's like, more of a skeevy creepiness. Yeah, and that—that's the one where I'd be like, "Don't come near me." Yeah, I don't want to catch what you got. Like, there's something there. <laughs> Steve Buscemi's on the fence on that one. How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> See, that's how he draws you in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I guess on to some, uh, some gaming news. Uh, I, the first one that I have, obviously you brought up the Ace Attorney. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Ace Ventura. Man, what a game that Ace would be. Ace Ventura Chronicles. <laughs> what a game that would be. Um, I. Uh, so it's been pretty much... It's not officially confirmed, but... Mr. Matty Plays uh, of the Defining Duke podcast mentioned it earlier, and now Jason Schreier has all but confirmed it. As, as, is it Aspire or Asper Media? The guys have been doing all those Star Wars sports. I think it's Aspire. Aspire. They are doing the remake for KOTOR. Damn. That's their first big project. That's be, huge. Yeah, the, the full. And I'm not just talking, oh, you know, a remaster. No, remake from ground up all the way. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that because it's, one, it's KOTOR, but also having modern graphics. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what they're going to do with the battle system. Is it going to be more action-oriented, or is it going to be that kind of classic D&D dice roll behind-the-scenes style? Kind of Dragon Age Origins-esque 
I don't know because the only things I've really played from them recently are those Star Wars ports. And and they literally are just ports. Yeah. So I mean they do a great job at them, but like there's not much to go on with that. I I really hope they do something because as much as I like Kotor, that that combat style does not work work with me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very much an action oriented person when it comes to video games. So when I see stuff like you know, like a Yakuza or like Jedi Fallen Order, I would prefer those over turn-based. Even though, in both camps, Yakuza and Star Wars, their turn-based slash more RP, traditional RPG stuff, solid still. Yeah, like a Dragon and KOTOR, great games. Now that they've done, they basically almost caught up to current Star Wars games. They went through the original NES stuff, SNES stuff, um... They did the N64 ones, original Xbox. They did Republic Commando. Do you think uh, Force Unleashed is next for them? Dude, I hope. Or somebody does it. Because, man... like, Or just canonize him. I want Star. I want Starkiller canonized. He would be a great villain for uh, the next Could you Cal Kestis game. Either that or, like, dude, what if he's, like, a villain in the Ahsoka show? Oh, that would be great, too. Uh, Starkiller just as a character was cool. Especially because they that was the where they teased the idea of well, what if we could clone force sensitive people? Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, that's kind of cool. Like the guy who has the memories, but is is a clone or maybe not? We don't know. And I'm like, that's cool to me. It was such a cool thread they could have gone with in the third game, but they, we didn't get that because Disney went nah, dog. We also lost on a Darth Maul game, which I'm very mad about. Yeah, I feel like Darth Maul just keeps getting shafted. <laughs> On, it, all it took was Dave Filoni to go, hey, he's kind of cool, isn't he? And mm-hmm. then people now love him again. But ever since then, no. I can't wait to see him show up in Kenobi. You think they're going to get uh, Ray Park to do it again? I think Sam Witwer's going to do it. Is he, or is he voicing? Because you know, Sam Witwer voiced him in Solo. Mm-hmm. But it was Ray Park in the outfit. So you think they might do that same thing? I get, think so. Get Sam to voice and do ADR. Whereas Ray Park is the one on set. Because Ray Park still, like, he, does he, the lightsaber shit, so... He did... Uh, they the That fight in Clone Wars uh, was all uh, motion-captured. Ahsoka and, his, and Maul's fight was motion-captured, and they got Ray Park to do it. So, they definitely want him back as much as possible. Yeah, that would make for a epic finale to that show. They're not gonna have them fight like that, though, because the Rebels already did it. In yeah. my opinion, the best way they could have. Like, I love that ending to their arc. Mm-hmm. And I hope they don't touch that. Like, just just be just be what they need to be. And that's it. I don't want to see this epic lightsaber fight between Obi-Wan and um, Maul. I want to see it between Darth and Obi-Wan, though. Yeah. Hey, like, I want, I want the helmet to crack and see the burnt face of Hayden Christensen. Looking I just back at, at Ewan McGregor. I think we're at a point now with visual effects where he can just rip the helmet off and just go ham that way. Dude, could you imagine like they they get into like a place that can like somewhat protect him and he, like full helmet off that the gross scabbed over and it's Hayden Christensen and like oh dude. I think most likely what we'll see is some sort of mind connection where they battle in there where it's like a theoretical thing but they actually shoot it real time to have a representation and have like Hayden just straight Hayden Christensen and mm-hmm. dude because then you could just go ham with it I love that I love that he's getting the love he deserves because like I definitely don't think because 
Hayden's a, a decent actor. Mm-hmm. Like in in the other things he's been in, he's pretty solid. The problem is, is that, and George Lucas has said this, he's not good at directing people. Yeah. Which you can see in, which granted, I love A New Hope. Don't get me wrong, but you can kind of see where A New Hope to Empire, Empire is leagues better when yeah. it comes to the direction of that movie. So it it definitely shows in like, yeah, he's not good. And then when he went into episode one, two, and three, he went more into the weird politics and all this other like trade negotiations. And I'm just like, I just want to see some lightsabers. And it's it's been said a million times, but um. Hayden Christensen followed the directions he was given for that movie. It's just very hard to react when there's literally nothing around you but blue paint. Yeah, and that that was the biggest problem. Is just like there was there was like no practicality. Mm-hmm. Which of all the Star Wars movies, the prequel trilogy is the one the one that visually does not add up. Yeah, like at all. Like the original trilogy still looks great mm-hmm. to this day. And watching the, any of the prequels, I'm just like, ooh. Yeah. Especially when they actually, like, have a far-off scene where they CG in a human. <laughs> the, the, That's that, really bad. That weird uh, tumble he does. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so bad. That's pretty rough. The pear scene, too. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> Attack of the Clones is definitely the worst one. I'll be real. That movie's just bad. Yeah. No, to me, besides the, the Yoda fight, there's no redeeming quality in that movie. I agree with that. Um, there's a lot of there's not a lot of consistency in it either. Padme does a whole outfit change at one point in the middle of the battle. So Padme does an outfit change every ten minutes in that movie. <laughs> like I also can't believe George Lucas got Carrie Fisher to believe that oh they don't wear underwear in space. Yeah. <laughs> Like that, that so she's pretty much just going commando that entire movie. I I don't think Carrie Fisher legitimately believed that. No, but I think she was just like fuck it. She seems like the type to to just say screw it, fine. I'm not wearing a bra then. What a queen! I love her. Rip the legend, the goat. Um, other news, I guess, which this kind of retains to Star Wars. Uh, at least with those games we talked about, like Force Unleashed. Mm-hmm. PS3 and Vita. Yeah. They've, they've been re- the originally they were gonna die, rip the entire Vita store, rip the entire PlayStation 3 store. Mm-hmm. Good luck buying games anymore. Well, no, they uh, they decided we were wrong, reluctantly, <laughs> uh, and they are now keeping the stores open. Sony really hates listening to their fans. This so is what, this was this is what gets me about the Sony thing and. Sure, yay, game preservation, cool. Like, there, it's very obvious why this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's so funny to me where people really, like, it, gaming is, it's, it's very obvious about do you have the games or not? Because Sony can pretty much punch you in the face, but, yo, they got Spider-Man and Last of Us. Yeah. Whereas Xbox can give you the world, but it's like, but what, what games you got? So, it, it, like, it's why Nintendo still survived the Wii U era because mm-hmm. people still bought Mario Maker people still bought Smash Bros like people still bought their titles because I bought the system just for Hyrule Warriors that's yeah, like, a they're like they they have that appeal mm-hmm. like the Switch is killing it look at Animal Crossing and Mario Kart 8 and like Pokemon and just remember there was a point in time where there were more Switch copies of Breath of the Wild sold than actual Switches yeah like that in 
it's so interesting to me because like yeah it really is about what games you have because mm-hmm. like xbox has honestly been putting out some solid like content in the form of you know game pass and x cloud and other stuff obviously they've stumbled here too when they tried to hike up the gold price mm-hmm. but they've been doing their best to make game pass viable to make it great and people people are buying it there's like over 18 million users yeah but it's still the idea of like xbox still has that stigma of yeah, but you got no games yeah and it 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 does tick me off a little bit but at the same time i get it you can only release forza and halo so so many times until it gets stale yep um speaking of xbox uh have you seen the whole thing with every presentation they do they have a switch in the background now and uh that's apparently xbox's big thing is hey something's coming here's a little hint they apparently the series s was behind phil yeah when before they launched it uh there was i think i don't know if the bethesda thing was was a thing but there was something behind phil there like wait i did you did you see the 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 round table with him uh pete hines jeff grubb and uh todd howard the four-man podcast thing i didn't see that todd howard made a joke on so what's behind you this time (laughs) and he went nothing nothing to report but i was like even when he said that i went (laughs) got but uh so i got i got a comment i don't know i don't know what i said to warrant we're we're, no screw it put this on hold i want i want to i want to see what i said um while luke is scrolling through his phone i think a big aspect of what made sony like turn back their decision um on the closing of the stores is that the day after they made that announcement physical vita games shot up dude I, lo- I looked up freedom wars and i was like jesus yeah um so like one day i'm sitting in my room and i'm like oh i've got like maybe 10 vita games tales of hearts uh all the danganronpas um the persona 4 duology that they had on there uh like the corpse party game and then the uh the fate game they had that that was like 20 bucks maybe if i sold them in a lot on ebay like a week ago and then it was just like oh tales of hearts alone is like 150 bucks now i mean and they're they're probably gonna stagnate now because the stores are opening but they're probably not gonna go back to being super cheap but i think that is what influence sony a lot is them seeing like oh other people can sell these games now and we won't get that money well that's that's been my biggest thing like uh, and it's kind of different but do you remember when uh when all those anime voice actors were oh the big strike well not that but whenever it was like hey you know people like when kiss anime got nuked mm-hmm. and all the anime voice actors were like uh, support the official releases and then you know, some, when, and someone said like, well, I'm in a, I'm in a spot where there are no official releases. I have no way of watching this. And literally they were told, well, then it's not for you then. Jesus. And, and I, I remember looking at that going, how far out of touch do you have to be as an anime voice act? You were like bottom tier <laughs> voice actor. Like what all you do is to go uh, and that's it. All right. We're going to need a five part moan. <laughs> We need uh we need battle sounds, um so we need you to moan like you just got your sh- rocked. We're gonna need a pain gas followed by a quick moan. 
No, I, they, they obviously have some sick voice actors. I mean, Troy Baker, Laura Bailey, they all got started with doing anime stuff. Um, there's some, and like the entire Persona 5 cast and the Yakuza, like a dragon cast, are phenomenal. Sega, Sega's localization team is killing it. Yeah. But, um, or I guess Atlas for Persona, but still, I bet it's you, all I bet you over it's here. It's all Sega. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's so like, I, I hate that, that idea of like, like, why won't you let me give you money? Yeah. Like, I will pay for it if you give it to me. If you offer it, I there are people who will pay out the ass mm-hmm. for some cool stuff. Like, I will pay money for collector's editions. I will pay money to get cool shit. Yeah. But you won't give it to me. So if my only other option that I, is just get it for free, mm-hmm. I'm going to get it free. Exactly. Like... For real, like, that's my biggest thing, where, like, the second they announced that store closure, how many people went, like, cool, I'm just gonna hack my Vita. Exactly. Like, so there you go now, it's like, there are people who are willing to pay for it, now that you're not offering it, they're just gonna get it for free, and you're not getting a single cent anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, at least with some of these places that, like, like GameStop, there's still a part that goes back to Sony. Yeah. But, like, even then, like... Why not just hack like same like Game Boy is a good example. I would hack a Game Boy. Yeah. Just because why not? It's that Nintendo's not doing anything with those games. They're not going anywhere. They're and, really not doing anything with those games. Yeah. So like, might as well. So yeah, that the closer thing was really interesting because it kind of showed oh where Sony and Microsoft are with game preservation too. Mm-hmm. And it definitely shows that Microsoft's on the up and up with that like I, I trust them more on that front yeah whereas PlayStation I definitely feel like I need to kind of keep my my previous games like I'm not like I'm definitely not selling my PS4 collection yeah um speaking of that another bit of news and we'll get into the topic Last of Us 1 is getting remade yeah I'm pretty pissed off <laughs> like of all the things you could have Naughty Dog do new IP Uncharted 5, Last of Us 3, you're going to make them remake a game that already looks great. And has already technically been remade. <laughs> the The thing that I keep seeing on the internet is like this is probably to coincide with, hey, they're going to do the Last of Us HBO series. Yeah. And so by the time that's out, the remake is going to be out. Yeah. Which, hey, Gabriel Luna, the guy who played Ghost Rider in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is playing Tommy. Ooh. So I'm kind of cool with that. That's but, pretty cool. Uh, it's still so weird. I'm like, that's the like that does not need to be remade. It's baffling. That and Days Gone sequel was told no. Yeah, uh, Which that I'm, I can understand more because Days Gone itself was kind of a meh game, and like even like critics and everybody else was like, it's good. Question mark. <laughs> yeah, but like <clears throat> that's part of the problem. There is that that game came out. It was the first iteration of the series. And it didn't have any time to grow, and now it never will, so we'll never know where it could have gone. I It feels like Sony's goal now is every game has to be a triple-A game game of be, the year contender. Every game has to be God of War. Well, like, yeah, and like... Now, this part's probably rumor, but I was reading that, like, oh, Sony really does not want anything below an 80. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I've seen a couple of places theorize about that. That, to me, is so backwards it's like no it's like dude like i love 70s like when a game if a game gets a 70 i'm like cool 
Yeah. That at least means it's playable, it's good, and I'm going to have fun. And it it also goes back to the people reviewing it. Like, if it's a more niche title, it's probably not going to get above an 80. Um, like, uh, a good... Uh, what's the word? Example. A good example of this is Deadly Premonition. Yeah. Like... That well, game. To be fair, that game is not necessarily good, but it, it has its it's like it's like it's like the things we talked about where it's like it's kind of janky, but that's the charm. Right. Yeah. Like it has a cult following because it's jank and everything else is part of the charm. It's the reason you play it. Exactly. Um, and Nintendo is all about that shit, and that's oh, yeah. why we got Deadly Premonition too. But like, Days Gone, I like the stealth in that game. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, sicking zombies on other people. You don't get a lot of that in The Last of Us. So, like, that's where I go for that. Also, the zombie horde was cool. Yeah, that was really dope. I actually really liked that, that entire mechanic. But, uh, no more. Dust in the wind. I, I'd also like to point out that Naughty Dog is sleeping on a series that needs to come back. Yep. Like, look. You got Ratchet and Clank. You have one more dynamic duo you got to bring back, and then I'll be fine. And no, instead, let's let's do Last of Us one again, again. And, and there's there's data to show that they should be doing this, like Crash Four, Gangbusters, Ratchet Spy- and Clank, Gangbusters, Gangbusters, Spyro, Spyro Remastered, Tony Hawk Pro Skater one and two, Gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Remakes do well. If you just did a Jack and Daxter remake trilogy. I Gangbusters. Mean, they've done the trilogy. What I want them to do now is do the Jack and Daxter collection with so Jack X, Daxter, uh, and then and that Lost, Lost Frontier. Yeah, Lost Frontier. Because um, a lot of people haven't played the PSP ones or Jack X. To, to be fair, Lost Frontier is also a PS2 game. Oh, yeah, that's right. The weird, it's that weird that. one. Because I, I saw it at we, well, saw McKay's on, on the PS2, and I was like, what? Isn't this the PSP game? But yeah, like Daxter, you said Jack X. Mm-hmm. There are games that, yeah, we're not going to get to play, and I, I'd love to see them remade kind of like uh, Spyro and Crash were. And instead, Naughty Dog's doing Last of Us 1 again. Yeah. Uh, prepare to see The Last of Us exclusively from Naughty Dog until they go bankrupt. I want to do, like, that upsets me because like last of us one is already perfect you don't need to change it exactly like, yeah y- sure you want to make it coincide a bit more with two mm-hmm. but it doesn't need it though it's still a good looking game it still plays great there's like nothing you need to change to that game mm-hmm. there's not like a big glaring air there's no spots where you're like oh if i could lay down right here i could be doing so much better because the game is already built around you being able to crouch once and use your listen mode and everything so i don't really get it if they change anything to the story, I will be mad. Oh, yeah. Like, if they change anything, I'm going to be, like, actually kind of pissed. I would be okay with them adding things. Adding? Yes. That makes sense. Like, I would love to see what happens to Bill after they leave. Yeah. Um, But, like, I don't think they're going to do that. But I think... if, if you take anything out or change... Like, even if you change the way someone says something. Mm-hmm. Like, that game is perfect. I don't think many games are near 10 out of 10s, but Last of Us 1 was one of those games. Yeah. And I, the fact that they're going to remake it after it's already been remastered and put on current or current gen PS4 is baffling. Because it's, it's, isn't it part of the PlayStation Plus collection too? Yeah, and I think... It's it's available to everybody. You don't need to remake it. Like I, this, this feels like a cash grab. The 
the thing to me that it's making me think of, and I think it's going to be an exact situation like this, is um, Bowser's Inside Story. Um, they remade that game on a console where you could already play the original, and the remake was slower, didn't have the same art direction, and was overall just kind of like a bland cash grab. So I think that's where we're headed. I really hate that too, because like I said, Last of Us One is perfect. And sure, you can differ. You can differ on Last of Us Two, but like, I wouldn't want them to change. Like, ch- even change that. Like, sure, pacing, but like, gameplay, atmosphere, characters, all that's great. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want them. Like, I, Last of Us Part Two, as it stands, is complete package. It works. It's great. You don't need to change it. But I guess we are. That's yeah. annoying. Because like, I would have loved to see them make. Just anything else besides Last of Us 1. <laughs> like, I don't want them to become that company where they yeah. have to rely on the one thing. Like, as much as I love Mass Effect, I don't want Bioware to become the the Dragon Age Mass Effect company. Mm-hmm. I, like, I wish Anthem had, had survived and gone on to be this great big thing. I want them to do a new thing. I mean, hell, hell bring Jade Empire back. Bring Sonic Chronicles of the Dark Brotherhood back. That's never happening. <laughs> <laughs> hey... If they can localize those Ace Attorney games that are very Japan-centric, they can do Sonic Chronicles of the Dark Brotherhood They're not getting too. Bioware back, that's for sure. <laughs> that's fine. Have Atlas do it. <laughs> so basically, it's going to sit in purgatory in Japan for about three years before we get it. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, okay. This is off topic, but it's the most important news story we have. Mm-hmm. They put the they put the featuring Dante from Devil May Cry sticker on the box. Hell yeah, dude. I am so happy that that's a thing. I saw that on Twitter and I went, they did the thing, they did the thing, they did the thing. So nice. I, I'm probably going to buy physical just for that. Oh, just I, to see that. I'm right on the cusp. Like 398 physical Switch games. That might put me over the edge after Pokemon Snap. What, to have 400 and probably not go past that? No, I'm going past that. Okay. But I'm saying it'll be a milestone. <laughs> yeah, 400 Switch games. Are you, are you? Is your plan, like, once you move out, to have a room where you have them all alphabetical order in a row or whatever? I want to have, um, at least in my room, because I keep them all in booklets so that I can actually take them out and play them. But I want to have just, like, bookshelves where I can line up the cases alphabetical and then have, like, uh, collector's editions on the top. Because I have all the statues from uh, Mario plus Rabbids. Those are really cool. I've got the My Hero one, which is super dope. All the Xenoblade stuff I'd love to display. Um, but that's the plan right now. And I keep getting stuff from Limited Run. I actually have my first Limited Run purchase, which is the No More Heroes collection. Good. Super excited about Good those. point to jump in on. I mean, and that's kind of been my thing with Limited Run, is if it's something I'm interested in, I will probably buy it. I'm not like BJ where it's like every limited run thingy I gotta get. Well, I my thing is like their games, the standard editions are usually so cheap. They're like 25 to 30 bucks a piece. Um, and I know that at some point I'll probably want to play those games anyway because I usually go back and get just fall in love with some of the indies. Um, yeah. So I'd rather just have them at that point where I want to play them and not have to like go on to some eShop and worry about them being taken down or something like that. But, uh, yeah. It also helps that No More Heroes is just a great game. Yeah, facts. So I'm really excited for 3. That comes out this August, I think, is when it's supposed to come out. That sounds right. So that's that's probably my most hyped game of this year so far, because like, nothing else has been announced. I'm excited for yet. that one. I'm um, excited for E3, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
cautiously optimistic to see how everyone except Nintendo is going to do it because a lot of these places actually have the big set piece like well, Microsoft stage and, this and everything. Is, this is technically also we're in a kind of post-COVID world of vaccines are getting out there. Yeah. So we might have the on stage but still digital presentation. The way they did the game awards I thought worked well. Yeah. Um but uh if Microsoft shows us another fucking car, I might blow my brains out. <laughs> Do you remember the the McLaren out of Legos? That was cool. Well, I'll give I, that one I a mean, pass. it was cool for like a second until my brain went, "Man, rip the guy who had to build that." I would love to see them try to like push it off stage and then just have just it crumble. Crumble. Oh, that actually be really cool. Have a guy have to sweep it up as they're talking about games. <laughs> no, I'm hoping Microsoft kills it cuz I mean, they're They've got the set pieces. They they literally have most things, and like people are saying, like they're they're Xbox leakers, like or not just Xbox leakers, but people who are like verified, like these guys get it right, are mm-hmm. saying, hey, a lot of the stuff Xbox has announced is not that far off. Yeah, like it's not like three plus years away. Some could come out in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. I'm really hoping one of them is Fable, but eh, we'll see. I'm always very close to announcing Microsoft as like the winner of E three. Because they always have like the Bandai Namco stuff, that um, that Jump Force trailer. So they the Jump Force trailer, Devil May Cry Five, happened on the same day, and I, I'm just like, man. I was working at GameStop. I think I've told you this story. When that trailer came up, I was watching it on the iPad while DJ was checking somebody out. I gasped and dropped the iPad and like fell backwards onto the counter. I think he thought I had a heart attack just because of light yagami. <laughs> And then he didn't do anything. Yeah, you can't. Jump, even... For, Jump Force is one of those games where, like, for the meme, I wish it had won game, like fighting game of the year. But at the same time, to give them a, an award for that game, I wish that it. I wish that One Punch would have won, <laughs> and have it even lose out to that piece of shit. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> Jump Force is so bad. Yeah. Like apparently, they're just now finishing the DLC, which is so weird to me. Yeah, they've been doing it for like three years now. Yeah. No, but yeah, Microsoft always comes in swinging, but then it's like, there's that one thing where you're like, man, there's not really much else memorable. Mm-hmm. Like, you go to like a Sony or Nintendo presentation, and all of a sudden, it's all anyone can talk about. But yeah, Microsoft, well, it's because, well, they had like a couple racing sims, and they had a couple, and you're like, yeah, I guess. But now the pieces are in place. I hope so. I'm hoping Starfield. That's my biggest hope this year is... But is Todd Howard comes out and talks about Starfield for an hour. Yeah. And then we get a release date for this year. Because then I'll be like, sweet. We actually get a new Bethesda Game Studios game that's a new IP. And it also means we're slightly closer to, to Elder Scrolls 6. E3's in June, right? Yep. <clears throat> okay, so they all this Switch stuff in the backgrounds of all their videos, they could be building that up for their E3. I hope it means Game Pass on Switch. That's kind of my big thing is I'm like, they're probably not going to do much, but like, hey, it'd be really cool if we got like, here's Game Pass, here's, and if you have a Switch, like, or maybe it's like, hey, uh, if you have Switch online, you can add some Nintendo titles to it for your Switch, or whatever, I don't know, but like. One of the uh, Xbox Instagram accounts uh, posted a photo of Mario characters dressed up as Halo characters on an official channel. Uh, so I'm hoping that maybe it's Master Chief Collection, at least. I'd be very interested to see how well that runs. That or... Halo 4 is actually actually pretty graphically intense for for what it was. 
I mean, that would be cool, but like Game Pass or Rare Replay is like the best thing it could be, in my opinion. Dude, just Banjo Trilogy. Yeah. Remastered Banjo Trilogy on exclusively on Xbox, PC, and Switch. Meaning Sony, go F yourselves. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'd, I'd say it's probably most of the news. There wasn't really much else, honestly. Just all about the PlayStation stuff, really. Yep. Um, but yeah, no. So the topic, uh, this is BJ's topic, so I'll probably let him, let him kind of go on and what, what you want to talk about. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, like I said, I buy a lot of stuff from Limited Run, um, and recently I got my package with the first two Shantae games in it, um, remade for Switch, uh, and I'm I'm really loving those. So I really just wanted to talk about uh, other indie games that we thought really deserved to uh, shine through the rough, I guess. Stardew Valley. Oh, yeah. Solid game. Stardew Valley is like, it's transcended indie and AAA, in my opinion. It's that one game where, like, this may sound a little sexist, but it's that, that's your girlfriend's game. You know what I mean? Where it's like, and I use the analogy of like, the the gamer boy who dates the the non gamer girl, mm-hmm. she'll play she'll play Stardew Valley. Yeah, like while he's playing like Last of Us and Halo and Gears and and like Fortnite, she'll drop hours into Stardew Valley. Like that's what I mean. It's like it's it's the non gamers game. Yeah, that's a that's a good mark to give any game. It, I feel like it really elevates it to legendary status is when someone who doesn't regularly play video games is putting hundreds and hundreds of hours into this. Things like Minecraft, um, Minecraft, Stardew Valley, Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. I, you could probably put Fortnite in there, maybe, but like, eh. yeah, Fortnite's a bit of an outlier because it is a gamer's game. But at the same time, it's like it's so popular that everybody plays it anyway. Yeah, I feel like Among Us fits in that category too. Oh yeah, Among Us definitely. That yeah. That's not really a game. That's more just here's some little mini games, like these really stupid mini games. But then it's like it, it's just mafia. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, Stardew Valley is so good though. Um, I actually played this recently, but Enter the Gungeon's solid. I loved that game. I've had that one in my queue for a long time. I've got the physical version of it. Um, didn't they just announce a sequel to Exit the Gungeon? Yep. And I will be grabbing that when that comes out because that seems cool. I have to check that one out. Obviously, we've talked uh, in t- ad nauseum about Hades. Oh yeah, Hades is ironically the god game. Yeah, like that's god tier. Uh, you can't mention indie without mentioning Shovel Knight. Yeah, like, that's the indie. I feel like Shovel Knight and Shantae are like the two, like king and queen of indies. Um, like I feel like it's really weird that neither of them have been in like a triple a game as like a cameo or something yet um i mean ukulele but that doesn't really count as triple a i mean that was that was also technically an indie yeah but you know um have you played i think you have fury yep that one is transcendent to me i've never played a game that's uh, action adventure Devil May Cry meets bullet hell that also is telling a really interesting story yeah it's uh, 
the art direction in it's fantastic. The music really slaps. Oh, the music is great. That's like the best part of that whole. It, a lot of indie games have great music. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Like, the entire Hades soundtrack is solid. Hades is great. Fury Undertale. soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Undertale's soundtrack is amazing. There you go. Undertale. That's also another one that I would put as, like, God-tier status because it came out and everybody knew what it was. Yeah. Like, nobody could escape it. It was that game. And it's it's another one of those things where it's like the fan base kind of ruins it. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, that and Doki Doki Literature Club are kind of in that same boat. See, those, those to me are like the... Uh, that like, oh, this is the it game. Like the yeah. internet game. FNAF is that. Five Nights at Freddy's mm-hmm. was that. You've got... Did you know that Markiplier is one of the animatronics in the new one? Really? Yeah, he's the uh, the main like friendly bear that helps the kid out. Good. Yeah. I, uh, considering how much publicity he gave those games, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like like Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club, Hello Neighbor, uh, Undertale's technically part of this too. But like those, it's usually a lot of indie horror games. But like mm-hmm. a lot of these, like oh, this is the 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 it game. All you see on YouTube is this. Honey Pop was that when that came out. Yeah. Um, which there's a sequel by the way. Yeah, I saw that. I I haven't bought it yet, but uh, I've played I've played a little bit of it, and it's. I'll talk to you more afterward about it because, (laughs) well, not not for the reason you think, but like there there is like this weird feeling I get playing that game, Mm -hmm. where the other game was like, okay, I don't I don't know. It's it's, I'll get into it with you because I I feel weird about it, but, yeah, honey, like honey, I remember when Honey Pop, everybody made a video about that, Mm -hmm. and it was like. Granted, they were hilarious videos. I love Markiplier's one on Honeypop too. I haven't seen his his, his videos. Is, is is him going? Look, we're all adults here. <laughs> we know we know what's going on. We know what's gonna happen. I'm not getting paid for these. <laughs> YouTube is not letting me have money. Like we know. And like anytime something remotely sexual, he goes. He looks like Come on, we, we're adults. There's nothing funny here. There's nothing. It's it's constant that the first episode. It's great. But uh, yeah, like in. Indie games are great because, like, you get you get creative. Like, Celeste is a really good one. Oh yeah. On, like, one for being very progressive in its source material. Like, I did when I first played the game, I thought it was great. But then, when did did you hear like what they recently said about it? No. Celeste is trans. Huh. The whole game is is about that. Is the acceptance of oneself and stuff. And I I didn't know that until they said it, and I was like, huh. Apparently, the trans community loved that game because they all found out about it. I had no idea yeah. until I was told, and I was like, "No, yeah, I see it now." I mean, it it makes perfect is, sense, but that's a that's a concept that you can apply to a lot of different walks of life. Yeah, and, so, and that's what I think makes that game so powerful. Is yeah, sure they made it where this is the this is the story, but like I took something totally different away from it mm-hmm. when I played it, and it was great. I love I love Celeste. It's such a good game. It's also very creative for a platformer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's Hollow Knight. If you're into Celeste, like yeah, I don't know if you played it, but uh, Guacamelee. I love Guacamelee. That's a great game, dude. Guacamelee is so fun. That was uh, I think that was the first game I actually bought myself on Vita. Yeah, I bought the two pack. I think that was on Switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bought the two pack because I wanted to play them again. Plus, Guacamelee two had a. Uh, had a kind of funny Easter egg where they put Greg Miller and his dog in the game. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. 
That, um, that's another good thing about indies. Is oh, that, they are very much aware of their audience and like they're they're willing to do some meme shit. We didn't get very far into it, but uh, River City Girls, Jacksepticeye is one of the main uh, side character voices in that. I I love seeing that. Do you, uh, Helltaker's a new one also that came out that's kind of big. Helltaker, I haven't heard of that one. It's like a visual. I think I think it's like a more visual novel esque thing, but it was big monster prom. Uh, Monster Prom's huge. The the Game Grumps game, uh, Dream Daddy, which I have I'm less on that just because of the whole Oni Play situation that happened with that. But that was huge when it came out. I um, haven't heard about this Oni Play situation, and I'm not going to go further into it because I watch them literally every day. Well, no, it's 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 a negative on Game Grumps, a plus on Oni. Oh, yeah. Apparently, it was the reason Ding Dong and Julian left. Really? They they didn't feel very safe in that office. Damn. Um, because uh, I think it was Ding Dong. Yeah, Ding Dong was actually very like, hey, as a gay person, I don't kind of like the way this is kind of making a joke of everything. Mm-hmm. And then apparently some of the Game Grumps fans doxed him, told his parents he was gay when he hadn't told them yet. Whole That's bunch of stuff. And, uh, and yeah, so Oni left. Oni was mad, and I think it was because... That was pretty much the fallout between Oni, pretty much all of them, Super Mega Oni and Game Grumps. Why you don't like that's the why everybody kind of left was it started getting really clear that it's not a, it's like again it's it's the problem when you get a bunch of friends to work together. Yeah, but that'll never happen to us, right? Oh no, we're good. <laughs> it, it's it's one thing like if if we start hiring like Devony and Joey and Taylor, and then, okay, hold on, now we're getting too far because. At some point, you got to realize it's still a job. I think that's the problem with a lot of that is that they work in an office space and they have to do this for a living. Yeah. And yeah, sure. I, I again, I'm not gay. I don't. Dream Daddy was just there. I, it was a fun, stupid thing. So I'm like, I didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. But like again, who am I to tell Ding Dong he's he's being? Oh, you're just overthinking it. Yeah. You know. I mean, and I don't know how Julian felt about it, but, you know, it sucks. But yeah. I still watch Oni Plays, and Ding Dong and Julian are back for the time being. For Oni Stays, I'm, I'm Oni all stays over that. great. Uh, they, they brought back Resi, Resi Evil. Yeah, dude. The uh, I'm working through the uh, the complete series video right now. It's so good. The I complete love series guys. video for Kingdom Hearts is the greatest thing I've, I've seen on Oni Plays. It's so good. I watch that at least every six months, and it's like... A full day's worth of content. I love it so much. The tiny Hitler debate. Oh, it's dude, that's still <laughs> the greatest thing. I bring that up in casual conversation, and nobody ever understands what I'm talking about. It's so good. I love. Oh man, Chris oh, got so heated. I lo- I love Chris. I I actually like some of the new guys they've they've brought in. I love Lyle and I love Omar. And Psychic Zach, Pebbles. Zach is the best. I love Zach's hypotheticals. <laughs> That's one person. He's like a Mads Mickelson to me, where it's like, I love him from afar, but please stay the fuck away from me. If I ever met him in real life, I'd be terrified for my life. I just imagine his whole head is a nose because well, that's yeah, how that's everybody you draws see. him. I, I love because, like, I know what Lyle looks like because I've seen him in other things before, mm-hmm. but it's so funny just to hear his voice next to Zach and Oni because I'm just like, I know you, but like, these two, I'm like, like, I want to show you uh, Chris Chris's video, Water. 
don't know if you've seen that, but it, it's it's my favorite video he's put out because it's it's the dumbest. It's one. It's the worst ADR I've seen in a video that I, it was definitely intentional, but it's so, so stupid. Um. Yeah. No. I. Anyway, indies. <laughs> um, I mean it. I mean, yeah. indies and let's players kind of go hand in hand. It's peanut butter and jelly, bro. It's, like, it's it happens. It's a lot like those old NES games, like back in those days when those were releasing, where it's like you have that sense of community when you find somebody that actually knows what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like indies does that the best. There is one indie game that I hear nobody talking about, mm-hmm. but hey, Oni plays played it. It's called My Friend Pedro. You need to talk to Joey about this one. Oh. He, I think oh, he I three-starred everything. I, dude, I have to. <laughs> that game is so fun. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Okay, look to the audience listening. You're just a guy. You wake up. This floating banana says, "Hey, there's a gun. Go kill." And you say, "Sure." And if you've ever wanted a John Wick style game there you go it is the best action like type game i've played i love it so much it's my favorite indie game it is the only game like it it was one of the first games where like usually i hesitate about like oh i already have it digitally so i don't really need it physically mm-hmm. there was no hesitation i bought that thing physically even though i have bought it twice digitally Damn. i went no give me so i have the switch version sitting there and i'm like it's so good I love that game so much. It's it's such and it's very short. You can beat that game in a sitting because it, it's it's short enough, but it's so fun. And it's like a Devil May Cry, and where you want to go back and beat your score, get higher ranks, harder difficulties. It's so good. It's such a good indie game. It like, sounds like the same feeling I get playing Super Hot. Pretty much, it's like. You you know the lore and the story behind everything pretty much by the end, but like you're just dude, you're playing a game. It's fun and like the the gameplay feels great. The movement's amazing. It's so good and like the things you can do, like you can you can kick a basketball into a dude's head, jump, dual wield Uzis, shoot people, slow down time and do this cool barrel roll in the air, land and just kick a dude like into a into a fan, and you're just like this. It, all that in like three seconds. So it's, it is just like my version of Super Hot. I do that every yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's my favorite indie game. Like hands down, like that. If if anybody ever asks, like oh, I just kind of need a, a short game, that's the one. Always, without hesitation, I will recommend that every time. So that's like your top tier as far as indies that's go. That's the god. That that and Hades are like god tier to me, and then Celeste. But that's I feel like a bit above. That got nominated for Game of the Year. Yeah, like that's the cool thing about that. That was up against Red Dead mm-hmm. and Assassin's Creed Odyssey and God of War. Damn, that's impressive going up against God of War. Uh, it's such a good game. Both God of War and Celeste. I'm real excited for Ragnarok, dude. Yeah, I. If the, if, the, if that's how they close out E3, screw everybody else. I don't care if Starfield's out, dude. It's Sony it's wins. gonna be how Sony closes out E3. God, what a, what. Oh, that's so good. I'm so excited for that. God of War is such a great game. But yeah, indie games are cool. <laughs> yeah, I think if I had to uh, give my top three, I would have to say Hades for sure. Uh, Fury's definitely on there. And then um, Half Genie Hero. I need to play some of the Shantae games because it wasn't a Game Boy game. 
originally? Yeah, it uh, it started out on the Game Boy uh, very late in its life cycle. I think it was one of the last games released for the system. Um, but it had a very limited print run, but the people that played it absolutely loved the shit out of it. Um, past that, I think the next game was exclusive to DSiWare for the longest time. Mm. Um, and then it got a very limited 3DS run uh, physically. And then they did that soft reboot with Half Genie Hero. And that's where the quality really just spiked. Well, that's where I, f- I found out about it mm-hmm. was Half Genie Hero. Um, just because like, that was the first I heard of Shantae. Yeah. And because it was everywhere. Vita, PlayStation, Switch, whatever. Xbox. Like it was, it was, is it on Xbox? Yeah, it's on Xbox. Yeah. Uh, but like that, it's that game where I'm like, I'm like, huh, I'm seeing this everywhere now. And uh, yeah, they kept making new ones and they, they seem really cool. I want to, I want to get into them because they, as someone who's played Sonic in the past, mm-hmm. it has that vibe and like kind of that platformer, like. Yeah, this is one of those games, you know? And so I, I kind of want to give it a shot, but it's always been that I'll get to it type game for me. It's very visually similar to Sonic in a lot of ways. Um, but if you do get into it, I'd probably recommend starting with Half Genie. They're all on the Switch, right? Yeah. yeah you can so get them all digitally. Yeah, you can just do them that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to see more indie games. Like, I want to see... What I would like to see, right, is indie studios getting big IPs. Yeah, that's that's what I've been screaming for a while now. Like and case in point, Cadence of Hyrule. Mm-hmm. Is very good. If you liked Crypt of the Necrodance, which is another good indie title. Um Cadence of Hyrule is just hey it's Zelda but this. And that to me is like the coolest thing that they've done where like and shows Nintendo's willing to part with their stuff a little bit. Like they're willing to go crazy. Yeah. And uh that to me is cool because like yeah, here's a rhythm dungeon crawling RPG with Zelda characters. Like I, I don't know, I just I'd love to see like a shovel knight. Like I love to see the shovel knight guys just do Castlevania. Oh, that would be amazing. I'd love to see the Hades guys do like a devil may, like a top down devil may cry. Well, now Konami is an indie dev, I guess. So maybe a new Castlevania game in the future. But um, Nintendo is the one that I think would benefit the most from that. I mean, we saw how Cadence of Hyrule turned out. Um, even lending out their Zelda IP to AAA studios, you know. Both the Hyrule Warriors games came out, and they were great. Um, Fast RMX was a launch title on the Switch. It was on the Wii U. Um, let those guys make F-Zero, because you're not going to fucking do it. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and then uh, give the Undertale guys Earthbound to remake. Just let them do Mother 3. Or let him do Mother 3. That would be dope. Toby Fox is... It's like Zack Snyder's Justice League. Toby Fox's Mother 3. <laughs> I mean, they got him making music for Smash Bros. now. Yeah, and that's the coolest thing. Yeah. I'm glad that he's made a made... Made a made... Made a name for himself just through doing... Like, and I, I, and I love that we still don't know what he looks like. Yeah. Dude, what a what a legend. No, I, I think that's cool. I mean... I just, you know, Toby Fox released Deltarune. Yeah. But, you know, it's cool. I, I actually think Deltarune's kind of cool. The I haven't played there. it yet. Is it is it fully out? Uh, Chapter 1. Oh, God damn it, still. Yeah, which, I mean, to be fair, I would recommend playing Chapter 1. 
Because I'm pretty sure your save data is going to carry over to the base game once it works. But yeah, I just hate waiting. Well, yeah, no, I I regret playing. I like I love that I played it, but I regret playing it when I did because I was in the same boat. I'm like, come on, I gotta wait. See, I uh, when Bendy and the Ink Machine, the first chapter released, and it was in like technically beta, I guess. The textures and everything look like shit in that game, but I was like, the concept is so good. Um, played through that whole first chapter on my PC at like 15 FPS, and I was like, man, this is great. And then like two years down the line, they're like, all right, it's physical on everything, go play it. And now seeing like the progression between those two things is night and day, but it's still really good. I I think, yeah, Bindi's another good, like in, indie horror is just the way to play horror, unless you're Resident Evil. Yeah, I think... Yeah, indie horror is, like, the way if you want a good horror title. Because, like, Bending the Machine does really good with tension. Despite Mm -hmm. its cartoony aesthetic, there is tension in that game. It's great. Considering how popular indie horror is, I would love to see more indie devs tackle stealth. Like, a core stealth game. Because I feel like a lot of games incorporate stealth, but they're not, you know, like MGS or, like, Ghost Recon. I'd just love to see games like indie dev... Like, basically, companies like, yeah... We're not doing anything with this IP. Do you want to try something? Yeah. Like get get a get somebody to like do Thief. Get somebody to make because obviously Square is not doing it, and neither is Crystal Dynamics. Get someone to do Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. Because dang, that game is great, and we're not getting one for a while because I guess Avengers is the key right now. For some reason, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I want to play it because people tell me the the solo stuff, the single player content is good, mm-hmm. and they're gonna do a Black Panther expansion. So, sure. Did the Ant-Man one come out already? No. No, it's just Hawkeye. Okay. Both Hawkeyes. The huh. fact the fact that their first DLC character was just two of the same character is annoying. Yeah, that's... Here, we got Kate Bishop. Oh, sweet. And Clint. Why? Because <laughs> we didn't have to code this one. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just make this one a male? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty stupid. Yeah, no, and... The fact also is is Spider-Man is exclusive to the PlayStation. Yeah. I wonder if that's still a thing, because like, they might have just ran out of time for that. Yeah, I mean, it's plausible that they could have. I feel like Sony would have put a clock on that. When did... uh? It's been a year since FF7, right? Yeah, because it was up for uh, Game of the Year. It well, came no, out in... It, wasn't it April? Yeah. What, what time in it April? It was April 10th, right? Because it, it was that thing where it's like everything's coming out on April 10th and everything except that got pushed. Yeah, so it's been a year. Where's the PC and Xbox versions? Yeah, true. That's kind of my, cause I, I'm a, dude, I need to pre-order it from GameStop because you get a steelbook for Integrid. Really? Yep. And having having FF7 steelbook next to Integrid, even though I already own the game, having it next to Integrid. I'm going to have to get that. Yeah, Damn. same. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. I I was like, I probably shouldn't tell him this because it's gonna be the same thing where I said, where I'm like, dang it, I'm gonna have to get it. This is gonna take so much money out of my Switch games. <laughs> no, I I don't have much pre-ordered. Honestly, I think it's both. It's two versions of Mass Effect: one for Xbox and PlayStation, and then um, I want to say I have I have Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines two pre-ordered, but I'm probably gonna get rid of that. Yeah, Tales of Arise got a release date, so I might do that instead. That one looks really good. I'm, I'm excited, so excited for that. For that one, I've only played two Tales games, and I love them both. I played Vesperia and Viseria. No, 
Vesperia is great. I had Vesperia and um, Hearts, the Vita one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is there much else you want to talk about? This might. This kind of was gonna be on the shorter side, I think. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, I just wanted to talk about some indie stuff. I feel like we got, you know, our top ones out of there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess going off. Obviously, we're gonna. I say try to keep a schedule. I'm just not gonna promise a schedule at this point. They'll be out when they're out. Once me and BJ have, I guess, more free time, we can do a schedule. But for, as of right now. The goal is Tuesday record, and I will hopefully get them out soon. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Um, yeah, I guess there's not much else. Uh, we have ideas for new content. We're kind of planning, seeing what happens, and go from there. Trying to get that damn capture card to work. Yeah, it's it's not good. Even though it's an HD60, it's still just like... Eh. Yeah. I need to figure... I don't know, man. It's like... I might just have to finagle with it and just see. Hold, just get it to work. Just like, hey, just, just do this, please. <laughs> so who knows? I might just do one. Of, I might just do the YouTube di- deep dive, of like how to make capture card work, <laughs> how to be a streamer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, there's not much else. Uh, I, you know, keep listening. Let us know. Follow the Instagram. Sidequest underscore podcast. Uh, we will have hopefully new artwork soon. I've that's seen the professionally done and not me in like a stupid iPhone app. We saw the uh, the colored prototype and it looks very clean. I'm so excited for it. I'm gonna put that shit on everything. I'm, I'm gonna she... be making hats for myself. I'm gonna wrap my car in that shit. <laughs> Has a has she done anything with the logo, or is it just just those two? She's she's working on the logo next with the color. Um, I think the way she usually does it is she colors in each aspect by itself and then shades afterwards. But uh, it looks damn good. I'm excited. But yeah, uh, keep listening. Uh, obviously, we're gonna keep putting out the normal podcast. Uh, we might be doing more movie stuff. I might. Uh, I, I talked to Vijay earlier, and I thought this would be a really cool idea, either now or later when there's more people listening. But doing kind of like a uh, like a, mo- a movie club or like a, a book club for movies, if you will, where each week we watch a movie and you know we talk about it, so we could add it to the podcast already, or do kind of a separate episode, like a companion to it, and just kind of every week talk about the movie what we thought about it does it hold up from when we used to see it or as a new viewer like whatever else mm-hmm. and you know I mentioned a couple things to him obviously superhero movies big could do those yeah Lord of the Rings Harry Potter even like the three John Wick movies like something whatever just doing movies every week and kind of just kind of and then also if there's not really movies we want to watch go through a streaming show so like yeah. like Falcon Winter Soldier and Invincible are good examples right now mm-hmm. um would love to do an invincible retrospective when that finishes. I'd actually, I think that'd be better for us is like what we do with Godzilla versus Kong is you and me just go through week by week watching a movie mm-hmm. or as fast as we can and then have a podcast where we do, here's what we thought about the, whole, the series as a whole and go through it. That'd be cool. Yeah. So be on the lookout for more stuff. We'll obviously let you know ahead of time, but uh, yeah, you guys know the drill. Stay safe. Do your thing. And as always, Take it sleazy.